It became very clear to Megan the next morning that Juliet wasn't going to be much help to her recuperating mother, in spite of her promise to Megan. Meg, uh, do you think you could do these dishes before you go? I I'm going to take your mother's breakfast up to her. Dishes? Gosh, I don't have time. Justin's picking me up in two minutes. Can't Thomas do them? Me? No way! I have to put air in my bike tires. I don't have time for dishes. All right. Never mind. I'll do them later. That's Justin now. Got a dash. See you later. Bye. Now, what's got into that girl? She didn't even tell her mother goodbye. Mr. Logan had decided to take the day off to stay with his wife. So later that morning, Megan followed Juliet to school. She had to be sure that Juliet was safe. She found her in the cafeteria with Hillary, arguing. You could at least say you're sorry, Megan. You embarrass me in front of Justin. That stinks. I could have had a date Saturday night if I'd wanted one, and you know it. Then why didn't you? I mean, Hill, you keep telling me to go for it with Justin. How do you expect me to do that with a chaperone around all the time? Oh. Oh, yes, I... I guess you're right. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking. I didn't realize I was in the way. Don't make it sound so tragic. It was no big deal. I better go. See ya. As angry as Megan was, she decided it would be foolish to confront Juliet here in the cafeteria. She would have to wait until they were both back home. When Juliet got up to leave, Megan noticed that she was not the only person watching. Vicky Deems, seated alone at another table, had fixed her eyes on Juliet. They smoldered with hatred. Why? Because Vicky wanted Justin? Could Vicky be evil enough to have hurt so many people? Before she left school, Megan went with trepidation to the art room, hoping her cubbyhole would be empty. It wasn't. The sheet of paper was a bright, sunny yellow. The crude strokes depicted what looked like a drum, round and squat, with a green zigzag trim bordering the top and bottom edges. Two short, skinny drumsticks with padded ends lay crisscross on top of the drum. It's not a drum. It's a tom-tom. Thomas. Tom. There are two of them in my family. Big Tom and Little Tom. Is this a threat to both of them? My father and my brother. Megan's cold and lonely world began spinning wildly around her. Why hadn't Juliet told her about the drawing? When Megan got home, she asked her that question. I didn't go to art. Justin had to go pick up some stuff for the scribe, so I cut and went with him. I hope you're not mad. I mean, nobody seems to think anything of it. Gosh, if I'd ever cut a class, my father would have killed me. Not your mother? My mother died when I was nine. <gasps> That's terrible. I'm sorry, Juliet. Anyway, I promise I won't cut any classes again. I wouldn't want your teachers to be mad at you because of me. That evening at dinner, Juliet asked Mr. Logan's permission to meet Justin at Lickety Split, the ice cream store on the mall. Still smarting from her behavior that morning, Megan's father put his foot down. No, Megan, you can't. You're staying in tonight. No one in this family is stepping one foot outside this house. Do I make myself clear? Julia didn't seem to be too upset by Mr. Logan's decision. Although she pouted over the change in plans, she did the dishes and swept the kitchen floor before going upstairs. Megan expected her to call Justin immediately to cancel their date, but she didn't. Instead, she took a shower, changed into jeans and a pretty green blouse, applied fresh makeup, and then sat down on the bed, a paperback novel in hand. 
and stayed there until she heard Thomas go into his room and close the door. And shortly after that, the plodding footsteps of a very weary Tom Logan on the stairs. A minute later, the door to the master bedroom clicked shut. With a triumphant smile, Juliet picked up the denim purse, tiptoed down the stairs and out of the house. Megan knew she was on her way to Lickety Split to meet Justin as planned. Megan made sure that her brother and her father were safe in their own beds. Then she followed Juliet. Megan arrived at the mall to find Hillary arguing with Vicky Deems in the corridor outside the ice cream store. Justin and Juliet were inside, sitting opposite each other in one of the booths. They seemed blissfully unaware of the argument going on outside. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black, Deems. You got a lot of nerve calling Megan a flirt. Your own flirt alert is on attack status 24 hours a day. A living, breathing male passes within 50 feet of you, and you're all over him like jelly on peanut butter. At least I'm not a hypocrite. Little Miss Muffet in there pretended to be so sticky sweet until she caught me talking to Justin. Then she bared her fangs. Oh, you never stood a chance with him. He's only interested in Megan. Give it up, Vicky. Get a life. I don't give up. Ever. If Megan hadn't come into the scribe office that day, Justin would have asked me to her party. <laughs> I'm never wrong about things like that. Yeah, in your dreams, Deems. Why don't you take a walk? <laughs> Enraged, Vicky turned on her heels and stalked away. Megan felt a warm rush of affection for Hillary. She wouldn't have blamed her best friend if she'd agreed with Vicky after the way Juliet had treated her. Megan had never seen Vicky so angry. Did she really want Justin that much? And how far would she go to get him? Inside the restaurant, Hillary marched straight to the counter. Yes, can I help you? A half gallon of triple trouble ice cream, please. A half gallon of triple trouble coming right up. Hillary! Hill? Come on over. Not still mad, are you? I wouldn't dream of intruding. I'm just here to pick up dessert. Ignore me. That shouldn't be a problem for you. Oh, come on, Hill, ease up. We didn't mean to hurt your feelings the other night. We feel bad about it. Yeah, I can tell she's all broken up about it. Look, I'll tell you what. I'll ask Megan's father if we can take his boat out. The weather stinks, but it'll be fun anyway. Come on, Hill. You can't stay mad forever. Julia, look at her face. She's terrified of the lake because that's where she died. But they're not going to understand. They think she's me, and I would never react that way to a boat ride. They know I love the lake. Look, thanks for the offer, but I promised my parents I'd be back in 15 minutes. If I'm not, they're sending the militia after me. They're totally paranoid right now. Hillary paid for the ice cream and left without saying a word to Juliet, who didn't seem to notice. Justin hurried back to the booth. What was all that about, Meg? Since when aren't you ready and willing to take a boat ride? Since my mother ended up floating in the lake, that really upset me. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, but you'll get over it, right? <laughs> you know how much I love boating. Sure, of course. Now let's talk about something else. Okay. What did you decide to do about the drawing you showed me? You, are you planning to take it to Toomey? Drawing? Yeah, you know. The one of Jenny's car. Oh, that drawing. I don't think he'd pay much attention. It's just a scrawl. It's not proof of anything. When Justin went to pay the bill, Megan went home, where she checked on her sleeping family and waited anxiously for Juliet's return. They had things to talk about. 
To Megan's great relief, Juliet managed to get back into the house without waking either parent. Megan was waiting for her when she came into the bedroom and closed the door. Juliet, why didn't you tell Justin about the other drawings? If he knew there were three, I think he'd agree that you should take them to Sheriff Toomey. Oh, Megan, they're just pictures. The sheriff would think I was crazy if I came waltzing into his office with a bunch of crayon drawings. Anyway, I don't want to spend my time with Justin talking about creepy stuff like that. It's not very romantic. Julia, you promised you'd help. And I will, Megan. I'll pay strict attention to everyone I meet tomorrow. If I sense anything from anyone, I'll tell you about it. I promise, okay? Julia, listen, you have to be more careful. You're taking too many chances with your... My safety. Can't you see how important it is? <sighs> You're right, Megan. I guess I was so excited, I... I freaked out. It's not a very good way to pay back a favor. I'm sorry. I'll be more careful, I promise. Megan drifted toward the window, intending to go outside, when she spotted a small white card on the dresser. According to its bright blue printing, Megan Logan had a hair appointment at a salon in the mall on Saturday afternoon at one o'clock. Juliet, what is this? I don't have a hair appointment. Oh, Megan, it was supposed to be a surprise. You forgot to put it on your list, so I made the appointment for you. But I don't want to have my hair done. Of course you do. Megan, you can't go to your Sweet Sixteen party with your hair looking like this. Yes, I can. I like my hair the way it is. Just don't make plans without asking me first, okay? And cancel the hair appointment. Ugh. <sighs> Okay, I'll do it tomorrow, but I still think your hair should look special for your Sweet Sixteen party, Megan. I wouldn't have dreamed of not going to the beauty parlor before my party. Well, you're not me, are you? That struck Juliet as being very funny, since for the moment she was Megan. She was still laughing to herself when she went to brush her teeth. Megan hadn't found it that funny. She hadn't found it funny at all. For the next two days, Megan stayed close to Juliet. Each day seemed to pass more slowly than the one before, and each day, anxiety clung to her like the furry cobwebs in her spider nightmare until her brother and her father arrived home safely. Juliet did shape up as promised. She attended all of Megan's classes, helped around the house, visited Jenny in the hospital, and seemed content to stay home in the evening as long as Justin joined her there, and sometimes Barb and Cappy, and Hillary to whom Juliet had apologized. Hillary had forgiven her. There were no more drawings, but Megan reminded herself that the warning in the last drawing, the Tom-Tom, hadn't been fulfilled yet. Wednesday afternoon, Donnie Richardson joined them at lunch. Although he said little, Megan noticed Juliet watching him carefully. Later at home, Megan asked her why. There's something about him. I'm not sure what. Maybe he's just a creep, but... I definitely felt something. I'm going to keep my eye on him. You think it's him? Hurting people, I mean? I'm not sure, but I'll keep my eye on him, Megan. You can be sure of that. Megan would have to leave it to Juliet. She couldn't add one more person to her list of people to watch. It was hard enough keeping track of three. Megan's mother continued to improve and was up and around, relieving Juliet of the heavy housework burden. Although that allowed her more free time, Megan's father stuck to his rule about no one leaving the house in the evening. Sheriff Toomey hadn't yet learned anything new, and the town was still tense with fear. Later in her bedroom, Juliet complained to Megan about it. It's so 
frustrating. I think your father's being silly. Nothing's happened since Saturday night, and I don't think anything is going to. Whoever did all that stuff must have decided it was too risky. You don't know that, Juliet. Dad isn't taking any chances, that's all. Oh. I'm sorry. I told you that this wasn't a good time. Megan, I didn't have any choice. It was either before your birthday or never. Anything is better than never. I guess. Megan wished she could believe that Juliet was right about no more harm coming their way. But she didn't believe for a second that it was over. The sheriff hadn't arrested anyone. Jenny's accident, the attack on her mother, and Hillary's fall off the catwalk couldn't be dismissed just because there were no clues. Someone had made those things happen, and that someone was still out there. But what was he waiting for? And who would be his next victim? Megan got her answer the very next day. Thank you.